Thank you very much. We've got a good topic this morning, a good subject to think about as we begin this day, as we begin any day. So I'd like you to open your Bible with me to the book of Philip, uh, to Philemon. Philemon, verse 13. The topic is the bonds of the gospel. The text, Philemon, verse 13, where Paul says, speaking of Onesimus, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Let's pause for prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful to you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we appreciate the opportunity to be up early, to open up your word, to get spiritual food for our souls and for this day and for our strengthening. Our Father, we pray that the Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in our meeting today and magnified, lifted up before us. We pray that we might be equipped, that we might be instructed, that we might take to heart the things that we learn, that we might walk well-pleasing to you through this day. Father, we ask for your help. We ask that you would open up our mouths, open up our ears, open up our minds and hearts to receive your truth. We pray these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As we begin to consider this verse and this idea, the bonds of the gospel, I think we should review a little bit the background of Paul's letter to Philemon so that we can understand what Paul's talking about. As Paul is writing the letter, he's a prisoner. He begins in verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Uh, down in verse 9, again, at the end of the verse, he says, Now I am also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He, uh, I believe, is in Rome in his imprisonment. And he's writing to a man named Philemon who lived in Colossae. Philemon was a close personal friend of Paul. Paul addresses him as dearly beloved. Uh, Philemon's son, Archippus, was the, perhaps the pastor of the church at Colossae. The church met in Philemon's home. He was a man, apparently, of some wealth, and he had become uh, a Christian through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Now, the reason that Paul wrote this letter to Philemon, there are a couple of reasons, but the main thing seems to be that it's concerning one of Philemon's slaves, a man named Onesimus. And Onesimus had... Uh, absconded with some of Philemon's possessions, had become a fugitive and headed off for Rome to become free from his slavery, to hide out there in that uh, what some people call the cesspool of the Roman Empire, where he can just go in this city and get lost. And so Onesimus took off from Colossae, ended up in Rome. Uh, there he came under the preaching of the gospel. He heard the message from the Apostle Paul, and Onesimus was saved by the grace of God. He had come to Rome a fugitive, a thief, an unprofitable servant, and now he was ready to go home to Philemon to pay his debts and to go back and get under his responsibilities again as Philemon's slave. Now Paul writes to Philemon, and he says in verse 11, uh, verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, Onesimus became a Christian through Paul's ministry while he was there in prison. And Paul writes to Philemon, he says, Which in time past was to thee unprofitable, 
but now he's profitable to thee. Not only is he profitable to thee, he's profitable to me. And Onesimus had become a uh, helper to Paul, one of these men like Tychicus or Mark or Demas or Titus who uh, worked alongside with Paul, ministered to him. In verse 12, Paul says, Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. Paul had loved this man, Onesimus, and I was sending him home, and he said, Philemon, I want you to receive this man with affection. In fact, in verse 17, Paul says, If you count me a partner with you, receive him as myself. Hold nothing against him. Welcome him with open arms. Verse 18, If he has wronged thee, if he has stolen from thee, if he has hurt thee, or if he owes thee anything, put it on my account. I'll pay it. Paul says, I'll take care of anything that he's damaged you for. But now, Paul says in verse 13, I would have retained him with me. Paul says, I would like to have kept Onesimus here in Rome. He was a good helper to me. But he goes on here. I would have retained him with me, verse 14, but without your mind would I do nothing. Paul says, I didn't want to take advantage of you. After all, he is your servant. He's your slave. And Paul here with a, a real Christian gentleman and real Christian tact says, I'm sending him back because I didn't want your help to me that your benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity but that you should be able to help me willingly. But going back in verse 13, he says, Whom I would have retained with me, that, for the purpose, that in thy stead, in your place, Philemon, he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. He might have been a helper to me, and his service would have been in the bonds of the gospel. Bonds. Bonds. Things that bind people. Usually in the scripture when we read about bonds, we're thinking about chains. The chains that would be attached to a man's wrists and then onto the bars or onto the wall or onto the guard next to him that would restrain him in his imprisonment. When Paul wrote to Philemon, he was in bonds. He had bonds around his arms. He was a prisoner. Uh, he mentions that several times in this letter. But as Paul is sitting in this Roman prison with the Roman chain attached to him, in Paul's mind, it was not a Roman prison or a Roman chain. It was the, he was the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was not merely an iron chain around his wrist and a physical prison cell that he was sitting in, but it was a bond that attached him to the gospel. It was a bond that attached him to the Lord Jesus Christ. His real chains and his real bonds were not made of iron, but they were made of love. They were chains that were the chains, the bonds of the gospel. They were much stronger than bonds of iron. You can put a bond of iron around a man's wrist and you can chain his body to a wall. But you can't chain his heart. You can't chain his spirit. You can't chain his will, his soul. But these chains of the gospel, these chains of love were far stronger because they chained the whole man. They captivated that whole man, his body, his mind, his spirit, his soul. He had been captivated by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of that gospel. 
And so Paul says that Onesimus, I would have liked him to stay here and been serving me and serving with me in the chains and the captivity of the gospel as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. When did Paul's captivity begin? Uh, back in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, uh, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, I press on, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Paul saw himself as a man in bondage, a man in bonds, a man in chains, in the chains of love. And he saw himself as a man who had been apprehended, who had been arrested by the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel had laid hold of him and taken possession of him. Paul was thinking back of his experience that day on the road to Damascus some 25 years earlier when the Lord Jesus Christ in pure grace appeared to his chief enemy, to the chief of sinners, and he saved him by grace. And he knocked him off his horse and he knocked him to the ground. And Paul says, I was apprehended there. The Lord Jesus Christ laid hands on me and took me and possessed me for himself. And from that day on, Paul said, I was no longer my own. I became the bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I became the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote to the Corinthians, he says, Ye are no longer yourselves, you've been bought with a price. Paul, from then on, spoke with pride and said, I'm the bondservant. I'm the lowest form of servant. I've got a chain and a shackle around my wrist. I belong to him. I'm his servant. I'm his slave. But if Christ had apprehended Paul, Paul had freely surrendered himself to the Lord Jesus Christ. There on that road, the first thing Paul said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Don't you like that? When a person, a new Christian like this, realizes he's been arrested. He's not just received the gospel, but God has arrested him. The Lord Jesus has taken him and possessed him for himself. And Paul says immediately, Lord, I'm your servant now. I'm your prisoner now. What do you want me to do? And he surrenders himself to the Lord. I'm yours. You've bought me. And now, like Paul says to the Corinthians, now we judge that he died for all. Why? That they which live, that we which live, should no longer live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Living unto Jesus, living for Jesus, because there's this chain around the wrist and this chain around our heart and a chain around our spirit that goes back to the crosses. He loved me. He took possession of me. He apprehended me. He arrested me, and I've surrendered myself to him. I've surrendered myself to his bondage. And just as a prisoner is put into bondage in a jail, and it totally changes his life. His life is completely different. So Paul's life was completely changed. Paul considered himself apprehended, and then he surrendered to the bonds of the gospel. And he says to all of us, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves that you surrender yourselves, bond service, give yourself to him because of the chains of love. 
not forged out of brass or forged out of iron, but chains of love, and therefore they're stronger than any physical restraint. Paul says it's the love of Christ. It's Christ's love for me which constrained him, which put him into this bondage, not a bondage of forced labor, but a bondage of gratitude and of love for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the exceeding riches of his grace, the abundant grace that was even more abundant than our sins, than my sins, than your sins. Paul says about this gospel and this bondage that he was put into, if you turn over 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, Paul says, For though I preach the gospel, you know, a lot of people will preach the gospel, share the gospel with someone, and they feel very proud about it, and they, and they uh, boast about it. He says, Though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. I have nothing to take credit for if I preach the gospel. Why? Because I, for necessity, is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul says, I can't take any credit for my service for the Lord. I can't take any credit for the preaching that I've done. Paul felt an obligation. He said, a necessity is laid on me. I'm a bondservant. I'm a prisoner. I've been apprehended and I've surrendered. I can't take credit for serving him now. Necessity is laid on me. Paul wrote to the Romans. He says, I am debtor. I'm debtor to the barbarian. I'm debtor to the Jew. Necessity is laid on me. Responsibility is laid on me. God's word says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Paul says, Well, how shall they call on his name in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Paul says, Necessity is laid on me. God has given me the... the a ministry to let to make all men see what is the mystery, what is the dispensation of the mystery. Paul says, God's given me this job. I'm his bondservant. I have a shackle of love around me. So he says, it's a requirement. I can't take credit. I can't boast about it. I'm his bondservant. Yea, woe is me if I don't do it. Necessity is laid on me. And go down in verse 17 of uh, 1 Corinthians 9. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But I don't do it willingly. Necessity is laid on me. I'm a servant. I'm a slave. I'm a prisoner. And so Paul says, but if it's against my will, if I say, boy, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do this. Paul says, it doesn't matter. A dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. A dispensation, a stewardship. That's a solemn responsibility in the scripture. The master would choose a man to become the head slave in his home, the head servant. And that man would be entrusted with the master's things, with the checkbook and the bank account. And that man would be responsible for giving out the master's things, for taking care of the master's household. And now Paul says, God has given me a stewardship, a dispensation has been committed to me of the gospel. And the one thing that's required of that steward not that he be successful, not that he be popular, but that he be faithful, a faithful steward of the gospel, faithful to the master, faithful to the one who has given him his stewardship. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he says, as we were allowed to be put in trust with the gospel, the good news, that God's very best has been entrusted to us, 
God's son has died, the blood has been shed, the work is finished, and now it's all wound up in a message written down in words in a book, Christ died for our sins, and God says that whoever believes that message will be saved. And God gives that message paid for with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he entrusted it to Paul. And then he entrusted it to you and to me. And Paul says, it's no credit to me if I preach this gospel. I'm in the bondage. I'm in the bonds of the gospel. Uh, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Even if I preach it against my will, if I don't want to, if I don't feel like it, a dispensation has been given to me. And so Paul says, I have one goal, to be faithful to him who gave me this dispensation. Paul says, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Paul saw himself as a man apprehended by the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was constrained by the bonds of love. Now Paul here in Philemon, as he's writing to Philemon, is in the bondage of the gospel. But when he writes to Philemon, liter- you know, taking it from the Greek word by word, it says something like this. Going back to Philemon 13. Whom I resolve to retain with myself. Paul says, I resolve to retain Onesimus with myself in order that on behalf of you to me he might minister in the bonds of the gospel. The idea I get from that is not only that Paul is in the bonds of the gospel, but that Onesimus too is in the bonds of the gospel. And Philemon is in the bonds of the gospel because Paul says, Onesimus is going to serve you in your place. He's going to serve me in your place. He's going to take your place. We're all together in this, Paul says. We're all in the bonds of the gospel. We've all got a chain around our wrist. It's not just Paul. It's not just Onesimus. It's all of us in the fellowship of the gospel, in the fellowship of that bondage. What we've seen of Paul this morning is as true of each one of us here as it was of him and his friends there in the prison. Do we realize today, as the Apostle Paul did, that the day that we were saved, we not only received eternal life and received the gospel, but that we were taken possession of. We were apprehended. We were arrested. We were put into bondage to the Lord Jesus Christ. And have we not only realized that, but then have we surrendered ourselves to that bond and said, Lord, I see that your love has brought you to the cross and that you've died for me. I see that you've brought me. Now, Lord, what would you have me to do? And then we look in the Scripture and we find out. Paul says that henceforth, and may it be true of us as we begin this day, as I and as you get ready to go through a day at this conference, may we begin by saying henceforth, from uh, 20 after 7 this morning, henceforth, I no longer am living for myself, but I'm living for him who died and rose again for me. May we renew that commitment today. May we renew that commitment every day of our lives. May we spend this day preparing and studying to discharge that bondage, to discharge that responsibility, As Paul said, woe is me if I don't make known this gospel, if I don't preach it. It's not something optional. It's not something that I get brownie points for. It's a necessity. Necessity has been laid upon me. I don't even get reward. 
He says, even if I do it against my will, I'm required. It's required in a steward to be found faithful. May the Lord make the bonds of the gospel real to us today. We can't lift up our arms and see the chains dangling there that attach us to a guard or to a wall or to a bar, but those chains are real nonetheless. They are chains that were not forged by a blacksmith. They were chains that were forged by the Lord Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross and he died for a sinner like me and a sinner like you in order to apprehend you and me and possess us and then to use us for his glory. May we surrender. Say, Lord, I'll gladly wear your chains. What will you have me to do today? Our Father, we're thankful to you that by your grace, you have made us your bondservants. And Father, I pray that you make it real to us today. Make our bondage real. And Father, may it not be something reluctant, but Father, may we see that it's a bondage of love because of your grace. And Father, we pray that each one of us, and we pray for one another, Father, that we might surrender ourselves to your bondage. And that this day might be used to prepare us to be better bond slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we commit ourselves in this day to you in his name for his glory. May he be lifted up and magnified in each of our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.